When bad weather is out there, so is Georgia Power, with power grids that can heal themselves. Highly trained linemen who are ready to go if the power goes out. And outage alerts by text, email, or phone that inform you of what's going on before, during, and after a storm. We do whatever it takes to bring you reliable power at the lowest cost when you need it. So, no matter what the weather can bring, Georgia Power is there. To learn more, visit georgiapower.com storm. There's no other race quite like this one. It's such an amazing thing to see all these people just running down the street all at the same time. 60,000 runners. Running releases a lot of endorphins. It's euphoric. 3,500 volunteers. And it's just fun high-fiving all the people when they run by. 6.2 miles. I'm not too concerned about being the first in. I just don't want to be the last one. All on the 4th of July. I'm there every year. Let's get you ready. This is the Peachtree Podcast. The official podcast of the AJC Peachtree Road Race. Getting you ready for Atlanta's July 4th tradition. Welcome back. Thanks for joining us again here with Jay Holder. I'm Jennifer Perry, and we hope people have been checking this out. We've had a lot of great response to the Peachtree podcast so far from the 60,000 runners who are getting ready for this race. Yeah, and, and all kinds of runners have contacted me about it or reached out and said how much they're really enjoying it. And it's people who are running it for the first time. It's people who have run it 47 times. <laughs> it's people who are going to be in wave A, and it's people who are going to be in wave Q. So I hope that we are giving people information that everyone can use no matter where they are on their Peachtree journey. And as always, we have training tips coming up for you today. Coach Amy Begley from Atlanta Track Club is going to tell us where we should be about one month out now from the AJC Peachtree Road yeah, Race. We should definitely be training. Uh, yes. <laughs> That's one thing I think everybody can agree on is that one month out, you should be running, walking, doing some sort of exercise to get you ready. But she's going to really dive into specific things that you can do one month out to make sure that that race goes smoothly. As smoothly as it can go for a hot, humid race yeah. on July 4th in Atlanta. We're all preparing for that mm-hmm. because we cannot escape the heat. But uh, when it comes to the tradition of this race, too, though, Jay, we're going to dive into some of that today. The history, the fun things behind this race. And that includes the T-shirt design. Yeah, I, I always wonder, you know, what is it about a race that gets 60,000 people to sign up in a span of three weeks? I mean, there are, there are no other races in the country and very few in the world that that get this kind of response. And, and I think it all comes down to one thing, and that is tradition. And there are so many traditions behind this race. Uh, One, it's held on the 4th of July, and it really is this big party here in Atlanta. And two, I think the t-shirt is huge. I think people really want to get that coveted finisher's t-shirt. They want to see what it looks like. They've been following along since we started our contest in November. They voted for the designs. So I think that tradition really is a driver every year and a reason why this race sells out and so many people try to get in through the lottery and find out, you know, when we announce who got in and who didn't, they're not in this year um, Mm -hmm. because there are just so many people who want to take part in this. And if they haven't taken part in the tradition before, they want to hop on board and see what it's all about. And you only get the Peachtree t-shirt if you actually finish the Peachtree. You were telling me before we started today, Jay, you have never even gotten your own Peachtree Road Race t-shirt because you haven't done it. Yeah, I haven't. And, and I really feel strongly about that. I mm-hmm. I think, you know, there are, there are lots of schools of thought and we have debates internally all the time. Can we wear the the Peachtree t-shirt. I mean, we work the race. We're, we're there all day from start to finish. We're, 
we work all week leading up to it. But I feel like, and this is just my personal opinion, I feel like that is one shirt that really should be reserved for those who complete that 6.2 mile journey from Lennox and Peachtree to Piedmont Park. So yeah, I don't have one and I probably never will because I'm not seeing a chance for me to run this in the near future, (laughs) but that's okay. I I really enjoy seeing so many people wearing it Mm -hmm. um, at all times of the year. I, I think every day on my drive to work, I see somebody wearing the shirt. That's better than having one for me. It's just to see so many people enjoying it. We're going to have the winner of last year's t-shirt contest, Shay Harbaugh, with us today to talk about that moment when she realized that she had the winning design, what went into designing that winning t-shirt, and a lot of insight into that particular tradition. And also, your historian, Janet Monk, she has a lot of trivia for us, some fun facts here from the zany to the things that we see every year in the peach tree. She's seen it all. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're they're, Here at Atlanta Track Club, there's a whole room full of archives, and Janet mans that. I mean, we've been around for 53 years as an organization. The AJC Peachtree Road Race is entering its 48th year. So there is so much there to talk about and how it grew from 110 runners to 60,000 and some of the things that happened along the way. Uh, nobody knows more about this event than, than Janet Monk and she can share things that I think we're, we're both going to learn something today and, and our listeners are going to as well. Well, Jay, why not bring in the keeper of all those peach tree secrets and the facts over the years? And that is Janet Monk with Atlanta Track Club. Where did it all start? Who had this brilliant idea that July 4th in the Atlanta heat, that would be the time to do a 10K? (laughs) Um, It was Tim Singleton and a group of guys that were coming back from a race down at Fort Benning. I can't remember. Anyway, there was a group of them that were coming back Mm -hmm. um, in 1969, and it was like a July 4th race. And Tim Singleton came with the idea that he thought Atlanta should have one, but he also wanted it to be for the everyday person. The award that they had gotten that day would barely fit in their car, and that was something that Tim was very passionate about, that it was for, you know, back then in 1970, it was mostly people that ran track like in high school or cross country and that sort of thing and on into college. So he wanted to, you know, bring in other people because running was such a passion for him. Janet, uh, give us a little history on your role here with, with the track club and your relationship with the race. Were you there on that day? Did you see the first race? No. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think so. But that I went far back. <laughs> no. <laughs> you know so much about it. It feels like when we talk about it, it feels like you were standing there on the starting mm-hmm. line watching the 110, well, it was more than 110. It was. It, the um, So there's like controversy that kind of like floats around between some of our older mm-hmm. members, like the original, um, you know, track club founders and that sort of thing. I have found letters in some of my archival information that Tim had actually written a thank you letter um, that that there were 150 that first year that started, Hmm. but there were only 110 that finished. Oh, wow. So, and it was, I mean, they started late in the morning and it was like where the old Sears building was at Peachtree and West Paces Ferry. Um, Everybody, you know, showed up that morning. They signed. They gave them their dollar for their registration fee. A dollar? A dollar. <laughs> it's still only $35. Yeah, it's still a good deal. I mean, it really is still a good deal, you know, in this day and age. But, uh, yeah, they put the money in a shoebox. And after everyone took off, Tim ran, you know, didn't run. He drove down, got the finish line set up, and that was, you know, kind of the starting 
of the race. So he set up the finish line. The gun goes off for the start. He's got to get to Piedmont Park because the finish at that time point was in Piedmont Park. No, the um, finish for Piedmont Park didn't actually start until 1979. Okay. Oh, it was okay. actually in downtown Atlanta. Um, oh. Now it's called Woodruff Park. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was actually there. And the f- there's like a, a big fountain and everything. And a lot of people, you know, that was where they kind of like cooled off because, I mean, it's July. It's, mm-hmm. you know, Peachtree. You know, you're running down an asphalt road. And, uh, you know, that first Peachtree, the information that I've gone back and read through is the uh, the police had one lane kind of closed off. Um, the people that were up early that morning, um, I think they were startled from the, you know, the different articles that I've read. <laughs> but it's uh, Peachtree has a lot of a lot of history and it is, you know, a very, very big part of the Atlanta Track Club. Now, among that original group of runners, has there been anyone who's had a really nice streak of Peachtree Road races under their belts? Oh, yeah. Bill Thorns, he has he's done every Peachtree, and he's registered, and he will run this year, too. Oh, wow. He's That's hoping cool. to make it to the 50th, yeah. which will be in two more years. And Bill's the coach at Landmark Christian, which is a great cross-country and, and track program here in Atlanta. Many of their athletes are often honored with our All-Metro Awards. So yes. his running uh, legacy is, is deeply ingrained in the Atlanta running community. Yeah, and he's just a very cool individual. And and how many women were in that first group? There were three that finished. I know where two of them are, but the other lady, we've never been able to find her. Huh. So if you're so. listening, other lady, <laughs> contact us. We'd love to know who you are. Yes. <laughs> but uh, when did the t-shirt tradition start? Did it start that very first year? Did they get t-shirts on that very first race? They actually got a, um, they didn't get a shirt that first year. Um, but Tim was a, I mean, he was a big time runner and he had gone to Boston that next year in 71 and um, they got shirts. So he thought, you know, that's a cool idea. Let's have shirts, you know, for the, for Peachtree in 1971. Um, so that first year, there were 198 people. That, the second year, the 198 people finished. Well, he didn't have that many shirts. Hmm. So that was kind of like every year it grew because of the shirt. And to get your shirt, even to this day, if you don't run the race and you don't show up in the park, you're not getting your shirt. We talked about this earlier in the show, Janet, about uh, the, the feeling amongst the staff. And whether we get to wear the, the finisher's t-shirt, I'm firmly in one camp. I, I where, where do you stand? Oh no, we don't run the race. You don't get your. Sh- you don't. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, I'm okay, we're on the same team. <laughs> She's a stickler for tradition. Oh, yes, I I am very much. Um, you know, it's like a lot of people say. Well, it's the annual or it's the anniversary, and it is the running. Mm-hmm. So it's always the running, and people go. Well, there's not a difference. Well. Yeah, but there is. So. Yeah. So this is the 48th running. Running. Of it the is. AJC yes. You know, it's, and I always say, well, kind of think about it in the terms of the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> you know, they don't say annual. They don't say yearly or mm-hmm. anniversary. It is the running of. And we've always equated Peachtree. It's like the running of. But we haven't so. missed a year. No, that's me knocking on wood. Yes. yes. So no, it is annual. It, yes, mm-hmm. it, it, right. it is. But we've just always said it, you know, because it's like that first year, you know, it was the running of the first one. I know you mentioned that that, that first race was later in the day, and it's hard to imagine running any later in the day than we are already running. Uh, when did they move that back to an earlier starting time? So in 1978, because they were already forecasting such really high temperatures that year, that year they did move it back to 7 o'clock, hmm. and they still finished in downtown. In 79, they moved over into Piedmont Park, but it didn't, that 7 o'clock time period didn't, you know, stick. Um, 
I really have to go back and kind of like look through my records. I started in 1994. So I know in 94, it was like that 730 start time. How did you end up here? Did you have a previous relationship with, with the race? Have, have you run it before? What brought you to Atlanta Track Club? I had run the race um, a number of times and you know it was just so much fun. And that was also kind of the time when Atlanta had gotten the Olympics. And I knew that the track club would be involved with the Olympics. So I started volunteering a lot with the track club. And 94, April of 94, they offered me a job. So I helped with the 25th running. So there's like a lot of parties and anniversaries and that sort of thing that kind of went around with the 25th running that year. Mm -hmm. The Atlanta History Center had an exhibit. There was a book written. I was kind of like in charge. Uh, I babysat the 110 guys, and we had big parties for them, you know, to celebrate the fact that they showed up that first year. So I've been here since 94. So as we get closer to that 50th anniversary, are you guys planning something big for that year? We will. Yeah. Yeah, we will definitely be planning, you know, because it's the, um, you know, those, and there's still a number of them that are alive. Mm -hmm. Um, We have lost a lot of them. But I do try to keep, you know, in touch with them on a yearly basis. But yeah, we will definitely be celebrating those guys in a big way. Well, let's talk about how certain things have changed over the years. The t-shirt tradition itself, I mean, you mentioned it, it grew in popularity and that's a large reason that people come back for more. But when did this turn into an annual contest? Because we have last year's winner coming up a little bit later today. So in 1994, the shirt that we had, people called it the big pumpkin. I've heard I've heard uh, legends about this. I'm really interested to hear the actual story. So then we didn't have like automated phones. And after the race, it's not fit for me to wash my dog with. I'm not going to wash my car with it. They were bringing them they back. Were upset. They hated the design because this was the 25th running. And they wanted something really outstanding. And they, oh God, it was horrible. And I, <laughs> and I at the time had to answer a lot of those phone calls. Mm-hmm. So the next year, um, Julia Emmons, who, who was our executive, the director at the time, had gone down to a race in Jacksonville. And they had a t-shirt contest contest down there and she came back and she said this is what we're going to do so in 95 we had our first t-shirt contest and so now if people get upset then we can go did you vote (laughs) did you enter (laughs) yes it's open to everybody it is open to everybody (laughs) you know so that's kind of like how it all started well, what about fun facts about the weather here? A lot of us remember two years ago and the storms that briefly halted the race. Has that ever happened before that year? No. 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 Okay, so that's first weather delay, yes. first real issue yes. there. Yes, yes. Wow. I mean, it had, on. Um, there's like a couple of times that it's rained, but mm-hmm. a lot of times it would be kind of like when the very last groups were starting or, you know, it would rain, but there weren't like the storms. A light sort sprinkle of or something. Yes. Yeah. You know, but you're kind of grateful. Yeah. You know, so sometimes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I think I need just a, a wooden block here yes. for me just to be knocking yes, on because this entire. Yes, I know. <laughs> because it's like most of the time, um, you know, big thunderstorms roll through on the night of the third. Mm-hmm. And you think, well, that'll cool it off. But actually, it just compounds the heat and humidity yeah the humidity part yes. picks up yeah so we're always very conscious of you know that and especially nowadays with you know social media we really try to educate our runners to make sure they're aware of those sorts of things i remember one in the last 10 years where it actually was slightly cool at the start so have you tracked average temperatures can we can we expect certain things on july 4th 
Never. No. <laughs> no predictability there no. based on the historical trends. <laughs> no. Speaking of unpredictability, so you've seen this race since 1994. So tw- this is going to be your 23rd. Third. Mm-hmm. I had to do math in my head. <laughs> Those are the wheels turning that you heard. 23rd Peachtree. What are, what are some of your greatest Peachtree memories? Always watching the wheelchair guys come across the finish. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's the... I've worked the award stage for the last 23 years, and where the stage is, I can see the finish line. And being able, if I see people's heads like bobbing, then I know we're all like really good and there's not like a delay. But um, just seeing the people that have finished and they're happy about their shirt and they're just, you know, from that first time runner that they're so elated that they've, you know, they've conquered Peachtree mm-hmm. to that person that's done it 15, 20 times, or even Bill Thorne. You know, he's always just so happy that he finished again. And you've seen a lot of legends come across that award stage from, oh, everyone. I mean, yeah. you weren't there when Jeff Galloway won, but I'm sure you've seen him on the stage. And we've had Bill Rogers up there and Gail Barron, our first winner, and Edna Kiplagat, who's a world marathon champion. Talk about just some of the, some of the big names that, that have appeared and, and have Peachtree on their running resume. There's so many people that, you know, come across the, uh, I never really kind of like concentrate on like who they are, mm-hmm. more about what they've accomplished. Um, in 96, I and mean, that was the year of the Olympics, and you know, even to this day, the record that Joseph Kamani set, you know, that still stands. And it was, you know, 2704 when you're just, you know, standing there and you're next to these people. And Let me put that in perspective. Yes. <laughs> so 2704 is the, the men's course record for, for the AJC Peachtree Road Race, which is three miles downhill and then three miles uphill. Yes. The American record for 10K on the roads is 2748. Wow. <laughs> so the Peachtree course record is 44 seconds faster than any American has ever run 10K on the roads. Yes. I mean, it was he was just blistering that day. And the winners at Peachtree, they're, they're very humble, mm-hmm. you know, and they're not big showboat, you know, athletes and that kind of thing. So... Well, we're actually going to have some of those past winners on next week's show. So looking oh, forward to getting some insight from them. But as an average runner, I also appreciate the tradition and the milestones along the route itself. And uh, one of those things you mentioned, you know, watching the wheelchair racers come across. It's also inspiring when you pass the Shepherd Center along the route. And so many people have yes. gotten involved in this tradition along the course. Do you really kind of take a look at the community involvement there and how that's kind of evolved over time? So like in the, you know, the first years, there were, you know, there were very few people that came out and watched. But as the number of people participating grew, so did the number of, you know, spectators. Mm -hmm. And back in, like, before they kind of, like, revitalized Buckhead and changed it a lot, there were a lot of the bars that were along the route, and there would just be thousands of people, you know, hanging out at the bars. And I'm not sure if they had been there since the night before, but... <laughs> they won't judge. No, they were not, really supporting the yes, runners. <laughs> no, gosh, yeah. Um, you know, and down at where all the churches are, you know, we have, like, there's one of the um, priests that comes out, and he blesses everybody. Sprinkles the and, holy water. Dinkin. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. and that's, you know, that's always, like, really fun. And people really appreciate appreciate the fact that they're out there. The spectators really do kind of like help motivate you and get you down the course. 
I look at the you know, the archive room here at Atlanta Track Club, and it's just chock full of of memorabilia and newspaper clippings, and 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 it just it's overwhelming to to <laughs> look at all the stuff that you have to go through. I know that a couple of years ago we actually lost a lot of our records in a fire. We how? Did. Tell me a little bit about that, and and how you've been able to build that back up over the years. So, like in two thousand three, until two years ago, we had a little small house over in Buckhead. And we also had a warehouse that was separate from our office. Um, And the warehouse caught fire in 2003. And we lost records that I'm not even sure I knew I had, Uh. you know, just because there was so much that was over there. Mm -hmm. But over time, um, I've put out pleas to, you know, old members, um, people that were associated with the track club back in the 60s and 70s and 80s. And over the time, I've really kind of like gone back and been able to not recoup everything but recoup a lot of a lot of what was you know lost that year for us peachtree history geeks what's the coolest thing up there what's the Mm -hmm. rarest piece of peachtree memorabilia you have oh it's our 71 shirt that we have and that actually hangs like in the the office here and you don't get to touch it (laughs) (laughs) and it surely doesn't leave the office until you come and talk to me so i'm very protective of it where did that come from is that is that something that a finisher gave you or is that did that survive the fire that's been in the office since the 80s i mean i'm not really sure who donated this chart but i know that it was you know it's been around and it's been in the office forever. Have you ever gone on eBay and just looked at some of the things that are on there? (laughs) Yes. And I'm just like, you're selling your shirt. Yeah. That doesn't seem (laughs) right. Does it? (laughs) No, not, you know, not at all, but you know, it's their shirt to sell. They earned it. And if Mm -hmm. they have decided that that takes up too much space in their house, (laughs) then, you know, so be it. Yeah, but you're right. You go earn that T-shirt. Yes. And uh, I think a lot of us look forward to the tradition again this year. It's become a tradition <laughs> for so many runners. So great to have the historical perspective from you, Janet. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so very Thanks, much. But Jay, I think uh, for the elite runners, they have a lot at stake this year. But for the rest of the 60,000 runners, I think for most of us, it's all about the t-shirt on but, July 4th. But you know, Jennifer, <laughs> the elite runners get the t-shirt. Okay, so they We make that sure too. that every finisher of the AJC Peachtree Road Race gets that coveted finisher's t-shirt, whether you're first across the line or number <laughs> 60,000 across the line, you're going to get that to wear with pride the rest of the day. And uh, so who better to talk about designing that t-shirt, the person who actually won last year's t-shirt contest. This is a contest, right, Jay? It is a contest. It's open to the public. Uh, You can be a runner in the race. You could be a a fan of the race. You can be just a local graphic artist who understands the tradition behind the race. We open it up in uh, in the fall Mm -hmm. and it goes through February and we get hundreds of submissions every year from people who want their art on that coveted uh, t-shirt. And Shay Harbaugh won last year's contest. (laughs) She was one of 200 designers who submitted uh, last year and we broke the news to her at the finish line. You know, I I know the story. Why don't you tell me the story from your perspective on how you found out that you had won? Well, we got down there. It was my understanding or to me that I thought all the finalists were going to be down there and just to go on the stage and just to be introduced. And when I got there at the finish line, they took me aside and said, do you want to see the winning shirt design? And I said, Mm -hmm. yes. And I actually had it in my mind. I did not win. I was just grateful to be a finalist. And when they showed it to me, I just, 
it was like an outer body experience <laughs> and I just started tearing up and just couldn't believe it. I was actually really shocked because going into it, I had no idea whatsoever so it was an amazing surprise because you've never actually done this race yourself is that right yes that's correct but you know how important this is to all of the runners and the tradition yes. of this t-shirt so that had to be a really cool moment it really was. I did a lot of research on the race, and I have a lot of friends that also run, and my husband runs. And runners, it's just, it's like a club for all of them, and they love the shirt, and it's always mm-hmm. so important that they take away a shirt and just love that. And I wanted to just do something that the runners would be proud to wear, and it just, it's a great feeling knowing that mine was picked and yes it's an amazing feeling had you entered the contest before or was this your first try this was my first year entering oh wow so beginner's luck there but do you plan to try it again in the future i do i've actually already started sketching and thinking of ideas so i'm excited and going for hopefully a second win or just be grateful to be a finalist so yes let's talk about last year's design i think most people can picture it i see it all over the city, all over mm-hmm. Metro Atlanta. In fact, on my drive into work this morning, I saw someone running in awesome. it. Awesome. Tell me about how you were inspired to do that design. What are some of the elements that you brought in? Well, the initial research and brainstorming and sketching and reading about the race, um, also looking at the brief of what needed to go into the shirt, I was sketching and thinking of ideas like it's July 4th, you know, I know that's important, you know, just that it's here in Atlanta and that we host this every year and running and just trying to incorporate all these elements and tie it all together. But what actually triggered, like, got me going with the shoe print and the peach in it, I went to go look at my husband's running shoes to just Uh get inspired by that. And I looked at the bottom of his running shoes and just saw this big circle at the top and it just made me think, oh, Peach could go there and yeah. tie it all in. So that was kind of my process going into that. You, t- you talk about all the elements that you had to incorporate. I don't think people who don't do the contest know that it's not just draw what you want, design what you want. There are a lot of rules you have to follow. How difficult is that for you as a graphic designer to have to follow all those restrictions and implement all those different different images? I love it. It's The more rules to me, the better. It's more challenging. And for me, actually how I work I take like bullet points from the rules and I make sure I like go through and check out because I think it's you know important to kind of be constrained it helps your creative ability because if it's if there weren't any rules to me it's kind of a little bit more challenging to design because there's no restraints but Mm -hmm. when there's rules it actually it's kind of like working out your creative juices a lot more. Yeah, so I love you can that. kind of build that process. But I love how it pops on the blue, too. Jay, who decides on the color of those shirts? It's a team decision internally. Mostly our, our creative designer uh, mm-hmm. decides on the color. We try to make sure that it's different year to year, so yeah. you're not getting the same color shirt or a similar colored shirt. Because uh, there's so many people run this race every single year, so we want to make sure we give them some variety. But that, much like the winning design, is a closely guarded secret here in Atlanta <laughs> Track Club. In fact, not everybody who works here even knows the color of the shirt or which design uh, won this year's contest. As you mentioned earlier, Jennifer, uh, you saw that we posted the image of all the 60,000 shirts at Mizuno headquarters. So they're in. Yeah, in the boxes. But you have to sign a waiver to go in and look oh, at wow, them. We, you know, we, we've got it's armed guards. Secret. I'm just kidding. We, but, <laughs> but it is top secret. And, uh, and I think that that's, you know, as Shay alluded to, that's part of the, it's part of the draw is that you really don't know who won mm-hmm. until that moment on July 4th. Shay, as I, I said, I saw somebody running in the shirt this morning. Do you ever stop anybody in the shirt and say, hey, hey, I designed that? It's funny because 
I hardly ever see it. And I have so many people come up to me, oh, we saw your shirt. I had a friend who, she was in Florida for a vacation and she stopped a guy running on the beach wearing it and sent it I've seen them to in me. Florida too, they're all and over. I would, if I saw it, a part of me wants to go up and say, oh, I designed that and take a picture, but at the same time, I'm not, I don't want to creep anybody out. So. I saw a guy wearing it in upstate New York this summer, and I stopped him, and I, oh, wow. I just told him I worked there. So That's awesome. <laughs> but there's so much about the design, and so many people appreciate that t-shirt. What's it like now to judge this year's contest? Because you're involved in that, right, Shay? Yes. It's funny. I feel it, it's come full circle, mm-hmm. and that was an amazing experience and it was so much fun judging and seeing all the awesome designs there were so many great submissions and one thing that i looked for is did it hit all those bullet points and the rules and everything and Mm -hmm. an important thing is too how will it look printed on a shirt like somebody wearing it's like the shape and how will it fit that form so those are a few things I looked for when judging. You didn't look at any of them and say, well, these are pretty good, but, you know, m- mine was better. <laughs> <laughs> and it's okay to admit that, Shay. Now, there were truly a lot of great submissions. And um, one thing I think I love about all the finalists this year is the different styles. And when designing, you have to thank your client and the audience and the tar- or the target audience and it's kind of hard to narrow down with 60,000 people. So I think there's a really good variety of different styles for people to judge from and to choose. But it's so cool as a runner. Yeah, I'm kind of in the middle of the pack somewhere. And so I first get to see it when people are kind of walking back from the finish line. And I always look forward to that moment. What is the t-shirt going to look like this year? So it's so cool that you're involved in this process. But I understand you've also gotten your husband involved in this process, yes. too. He's actually going to be running for the first time this year. Is that he right? is. He's so excited. Um, when we were down there last year, because he used to run a lot and he runs during the summer but he hasn't ran a race in a few years now and being down there and just the vibe and just the energy of it it's truly amazing it's serious it's just like a huge family and mm-hmm. he got bit by that Peachtree road race bug and he's like I'm saying it like I have to do this and so he's really excited he's training now and so Knowing the finalists, is, is, do you have a favorite? Is there one that you hope he gets when he crosses the line? <laughs> there are a couple that stick out that I really do like. Like I said, I think all of them were great options, but I'm excited to, for him to like cross that finish line and see what he's going to show me mm-hmm. at the end. I'm really excited about that. And we do have all the finalists posted at AtlantaTrackClub.org. Yeah. Voting is closed, but you can, if you want to get a refresher on what the what we picked, what we narrowed it down to, uh, they're all on the Peachtree page of Atlanta Track Club's website. And Shay, since you plan to try this again at some point, do you already have some ideas in mind for your next design? I do. I'm sure it'll change probably a few times, but even at the end of last year, I started just thinking, okay, for next time, and I've been sketching ideas um, in my sketchbook, and I'm thinking about entering a few options, so I'm excited. Well, we're looking forward to seeing those designs. Hopefully you. you'll be one of those finalists Hopefully. next year. We'll look for that. So cool to have Shay Harbaugh with us today, the Thank 2016 you. AJC Peachtree Road Race t-shirt winner. Been looking forward to unveiling this year's winner, Jay, but we have to wait until the finish line. You're not even have offering me a sneak not, peek. Not even a clue. Oh, not even goodness. a clue. <laughs> I would be escorted out of the building if I, <laughs> if I gave any indication of the winner.
The Beach Tree Podcast brought to you by PNC. Know how much you're spending and on what each and every month. Know you're on track with your bills and upcoming payments. Know when money's coming in and going out. Know PNC Bank supports you before and after the finish line with PNC Virtual Wallet. Because when you can see your money clearly, you always know where you stand. PNC Virtual Wallet can help you simplify your finances, track and budget your spending, and save for the future. To get started and open a PNC Virtual Wallet today, visit pnc.com slash virtual wallet. PNC Bank, official bank of Atlanta Track Club. PNC Bank, National Association, member FDIC. But Jay, let's get a little training checkup here because I think it's a good thing to do, especially one month out from the AJC Peachtree Road Race, keeping everyone on track with their training. A lot of people are wondering, okay, how many miles should I be logging? Where should I be at this point? And uh, who better to help us with that than Atlanta Track Club's very own coach? Yeah, Amy Begley joins us now. And and Amy, I think some people are listening to us one month out and, and thinking this. Uh, should I start training now or <laughs> we're actually one month and one day out if you're listening to this on the day it was dropped. So what do you think, Amy? I mean, is it too late to start? Let's let's begin there. I really think it depends on the goal that you have for your race. Some people, this is a bucket list and it's going to be just joining a parade of 60,000 people going down Peachtree. But other people really want to get in there and, and do their best. So if your goal is just that parade down Peachtree, then I would suggest getting out there and doing some miles now so that it's not the worst experience of your life. But if you are actually really wanting to train, um, I would say that you need to maybe taper your goals down a little bit. This won't be your best if you're just starting now, but you can make it a better experience if you start being consistent from here to the race. Well, any tips as the weather gets warmer, Amy, how do we adapt our bodies to the heat? And what kind of stress does that cause on the body, especially running this time of year in Atlanta? Well, the body needs to acclimatize and be able to to deal with the heat a little bit better. And that can take one to two weeks. So the good news is if they start now, their body will be a little bit more acclimatized to being in the heat. And a lot of people think, I want to just be on the treadmill. It feels easier, it feels better. But the body's not going to be able to cool you down and deal with the heat as well. So even if you can be outside and walk in the heat or um, mow your yard or walk the dog, you know, anywhere from 30 minutes to an hour every day or every other day is going to get you more climatized and ready for the heat. And the next thing is to make sure that you stay hydrated, not just the day before the race, but all week. And that's with water and electrolytes during, a, during the whole week. You are the coach of uh, In Training for Peachtree, which is a, a program that hundreds of runners take advantage of, and, and they spend 12 weeks specifically preparing for this race uh, at different Big Peach running company locations around the area. Those folks, when you talked to them just the other day, where are they in their training? What are you telling them right now? Well, a lot of people start the program, and about week four or five, they usually get frustrated and some don't come back because the, the mileage does start going up. But we tell them that if they keep going, it's going to get easier, but there is that really hard part. Um, So right now, we're about four to six miles, depending on if if they stay with the program or not. And the program does top out at eight miles. And the reason we do this is because if you've not done Peachtree, you're going to do more than six miles or the 10K. Um, so you have to walk to the starting line, you have to walk to your corral, you're going to do the 10K, which you're going to weave around all these 60,000 people, which is, you know, 10. It's usually, uh, most people get about 6.8 maybe. 
instead of the 6.2. <laughs> but then you gotta go through the finish line, get your awesome t-shirt, and then hopefully you're a member and you hang out with us in the member area. But if you don't, then you gotta get to Marta or find your car. And you don't want to be one of those people that calls Uber from the finish line. <laughs> well, we're not going to let Uber get there anyways. You know, you do you do so many race-specific things and in training for Peachtree. This is my suggestion for next year. I think you should do a day where you park people's cars in a parking lot full of cars, uh, wear them out and have them find it. <laughs> I think you should do a day where you pack everybody into one Marta car. That's always fun, especially After when you're really sweaty. sweaty. Yeah. Just get them. Just I mean, if you're going to give them the peach tree experience, uh, these things. I the think way. these things have to be part of it. Just my suggestion. I know you. <laughs> it's your program. I don't want to tell you how to do it, but. <laughs> but Amy, how do people respond to the in-training events? I mean, this has kind of grown too over the last several years. But uh, you did mention something key a couple minutes ago. You said if they stick with it, do you find people have trouble kind of sticking with it, especially in this heat? They do. There's so many reasons, though. Everybody comes to the program running in a different journey, whether it's to get in shape or to get over something, to, to fight through something. Everyone's got a reason for being there, and if it's not a really good reason, sometimes people don't stick through it. But you have school ending soon, and so the kids are going to have summer activities, which, which parents get pretty busy with. And then a lot of people, they've never been out in the heat, and so they, they don't do anything during the week, so every Saturday is really hard. And I tell them we could be more consistent. It's not going to feel that bad. But if they're still with us now, then it's going to be a great experience for them. And what do they tell you after the race? Because because I'm sure that joy of, of completing the journey is really satisfying for them, but also for you as a coach to hear those stories. What I love is people telling me that cardiac hill wasn't that hard, <laughs> that uh, you know the water stops weren't as scary as they thought it would be because we talked through it and we we found what it's going to be like, even though it's really hard to imagine 60,000 people. Uh, but the good part is that people say they want to come back and do it again, or it was a great race. Or sometimes people even do run a PR, which running it on our course and 60,000 people and sometimes in the humidity is, is quite a really an amazing feat. Well, you mentioned Cardiac Hill too, Amy, and I think that's the most daunting part of this race for especially first timers because you hear about this. What is the best way to attack those hills? Well, we always tell people that they need to start off slow and probably use more energy as you go up. Everyone wants to attack it from the bottom, and then about halfway, they, they lose steam. They keep looking up, and they can't see the top. So we tell people to slowly work into the hill and make sure to keep looking up. Uh, if you look at your feet, you're just you're kind of defeating yourself before you even get there. So once you get to this top, just try putting out more energy at the top instead of at the bottom. I, wa- I want to let people know why they should listen to your advice and, and not just because you have coach in front of your name, but for those who don't know, Amy's running pedigree is, is pretty impressive. Uh, if there's anybody you should be taking 10K advice from, it's, it's Amy Begley. Amy competed in Beijing in 2008 in the 10K. Wow. Uh, and finished third third or second, Amy, in the U.S. trials. I was third. You were third. In a, in a closing lap, remind me of what that last 400 meters was in that race for you. I uh, ran uh, 67 seconds. Uh, I made the team by 1.4 seconds. Yeah, so if anybody knows about running a 10K and anybody knows about having something left at the finish where it really counts, 
it's it's Amy Pegley. If you uh, have not seen that race, it's on YouTube. It's it's pretty incredible to watch somebody run 67 seconds for a lap at the end of a 25 lap race. Um, so, so Amy, what about what about your experience as a professional athlete running 10K at that level is transferable to everyone in the AJC Peachtree Road Race field? You know, everyone starts at the same place. It might have been 20 years ago, it might have been 10 years ago, but everybody has to start somewhere. And it's about just gaining experience of putting in the miles and teaching the body to be efficient. But for me, it's about if you're putting in the effort and the work and the passion, then I'm just excited about the person that's going to run, you know, 35 minutes as I am for the person that's going to break an hour for the first time. I'm going to put you on the spot. Will we ever see you run the AJC Peachtree Road Race again? Oh, I, you know, I've run it what, two or three times and I have those lovely peaches. Two did get broken in our move, but I still have a few left. Uh, but I, I hope so. You know, I've, I want to run it at this stage of my life and, and enjoy it again because during that time of my life, it was everything was serious and uh, when you towed that line, a lot of things were dependent on how you finish. So I'd love to do it now when it's not my job and I get to enjoy it with a lot of the other people that I'm coaching for it. Amy Begley, Atlanta Track Club coach. Always appreciate you joining us here on the Peach Tree Podcast. And uh, with one month out, what's the biggest tip for runners at this point? Make sure that you are getting outside and acclimatizing and making the body get used to being there. And don't just run once a week. Make sure that you're doing a couple times during the week, whether it's walking or running, and trying to get your long run up on the weekend. I wouldn't do more than two miles longer than you have yet. And wherever you are, you are. And just know that when you get on that starting line, there's probably a lot of people that haven't done anything to prepare. So you're mm-hmm. a little bit more ahead than some. Run, run, run. Run, run, run. As an athlete, you need nutrition for sustained energy. Cliff Bar can help. Cliff Bars taste great and are made with a nutritious blend of organic rolled oats and wholesome ingredients to keep you feeling and performing your best. Whether an hour at the gym or all day on course, Cliff Bar helps feed your adventure. Stop by the Cliff Bar booth at the Peachtree Health and Fitness Expo to try some. So a lot coming up on next week's show as well, Jay. We're going to get people pumped up and ready for the AJC Peachtree Road Race. But this is an extra special one this year because you also are hosting the U.S. 10K Championship. So a lot of big names in running will be right here in Atlanta on July 4th. As a track geek, as a running geek, as someone who has followed this sport for years, I could not be more excited to have this here in Atlanta and and be involved in this race. We're going to see some of the best distance runners in America competing for a national title on July 4th. It does not get any more American. It does not get any more exciting than that. And uh, so a lot of the big names are going to actually join us here next week on the Peachtree Podcast. And we can take some of their training tips, take some of their secrets and apply it to our running lives. That's right. We're going to talk to the past two winners of the US 10K Championships, the male and the female winner, Amy Craig and Christo Landry, both won when the championships were here in 2014. We're also going to talk to Bernard Lagat, US 10K record holder. He's run 2748 on the roads. He's going to be running the Peachtree Road Race for the first time. He's 42 years old, but has so much left in the tank. Is still uh, continuing to compete at a very high level. Uh, just came off of his 
third ever road race running the Manchester road race, uh, which is a really a very famous 10 K, uh, over in great Britain. I uh, had a great race, finished second there. So we're going to hear about how he's training for this race. He tells me he's going to win. Okay. He's already told me he's, he's going to win. making that bold so. prediction. So yes. we'll see on July 4th. But uh, looking forward to a lot of the big names here next week. Where they're going to share their secrets of success with us. So join us here again. You've been listening to the Peachtree Podcast, the official podcast of the AJC Peachtree Road Race. Thanks to this week's sponsors. For more information, visit atlantatrackclub.org. Like us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ATL Track Club.